back to Local News Live. I'm Victoria Shirley, and we are about halfway through summer. And if you've been traveling, you've probably seen kind of the hecticness at airports and the long lines and traffic. So we have a special guest on for you today to help us kind of navigate through all of that to make our trips as smooth as possible. So I'm going to pop on our very own all right, I'm going to pop up our very own Jonathan Safi here. He has put together uh, several tips, and he actually went on a trip recently, so he is has that all of the tips fresh in his mind on uh, wh what to do to travel as smoothly as possible. So we're going to pop him up on camera here and talk to him, and let me click the right buttons here. That's one of the most important parts of Local News Live, so let's go ahead and... Welcome, Jonathan Sapi, to our show. Welcome, Jonathan. Aloha. Aloha, guys. How's it going? Good. And I love this travel segment, and I love, I should say, the graphics that uh, you put together for this show. And I do want to mention, and I forgot to mention it earlier, Unraveling Your Traveling is the segment name with Jonathan Sapi. So I love the name, Jonathan. I wanted to tell you that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Can't take credits for the graphic. Our great graphics team put those together for me. The name is pretty clever. My producer helped me come up with that, too. So right. no credit well, given to me. <laughs> well, it takes teamwork to make the dream work for sure. All right. Let's jump into the very first question. Exactly. <laughs> um, what are some mm -hmm. tips with dealing with lost luggage? We've seen these articles all over the Internet that they are having the most lost luggage mm -hmm. that they've had in a long time. So how can you kind of prevent yourself from becoming a victim to that? Well, you're right. I just got back from a trip and I'm going to show you some video of what I saw in Montreal's airport. Check this out. A lot of people are calling these lost luggage graveyards. You can just see the stacks and stacks and stacks of luggage and items that were checked in and have no owners there at baggage claim in Montreal. And there's a lot of airports that look like that. We've also the images out of London's Heathrow Airport where it was just stacks and stacks and stacks of luggage. A lot of to blame there on a shortage of workers. Well, the bag problem is something we're gonna have to deal with for a little while, but there are some ways to avoid it. We'll get to that in just a moment. But I wanted to run through some numbers. According to the most re recent air travel consumer report, this was done in April, nearly 220,000 bags were lost or damaged in the U.S. I'll read that again. Nearly 220,000 lost or damaged bags. That was from the April report. That's a jump of more than 135% since last year when fewer people were traveling, of course, because of the pandemic. Uh, we did an interview segment with Peter Greenberg of CBS, and he gave some advice, and he says he's always lived by this advice. He says, there's two kinds of luggage out there, carry-on and lost, which I think is pretty clever. So he says, you're always safer to do carry-on, right? You're holding it the whole time. You're not giving it into the hands of the airline. It could easily get lost there. But he says, if you have to check a bag... The trick is, these days, it's those connecting flights that are causing all the problems. So this, if you can do travel by not having a connecting flight, 
you are in a win situation because you're not going to have to deal with the airline having to transfer your bag to another flight. So what does that mean for your travel? That means finding a hub that has a connection to your final destination using train or car rental or bus even. So let's say I wanted to go to my hometown, Murfreesboro, Illinois. So maybe I would fly into Chicago instead of flying into St. Louis, which would have to have a connection. So I'd fly direct to Chicago and take a train and always have that bag in my own possession. And so a little safer there. Got some other tips for you that you might want to consider. And these are some really good ones. So you may want to consider having a small GPS tracking device like those Apple AirTags. Wow. Those are really handy and you can use them for anything. I love Apple AirTags. Put it on your bag. So you're going up to claim that bag. It's lost. You go up to, it's not there. So at least you can track and see where it is. So if I'm flying to Chicago or St. Louis and I see my bag somewhere in Denver, I know it didn't get there and I can trust that Apple AirTag to tell me that. Another tip of advice is always take pictures of your valuable items. So pack your bag, take pictures of what's in there. That's because you have certain rights as a traveler when it comes to lost luggage. These are really important, so listen up here. The airlines are required to compensate you for lost bags up to $3,800 for domestic flights and up to $1,780 for international flights. But they're also on the hook for any incidentals that may come along the way. And so when we were preparing for this segment, Victoria, I just saw a story on CNN today. It's talking about Alaska Airlines and what they're doing with bags. Not so much for lost baggage, but it's a new concept. So Alaska Airlines says they're trying to make a move to speed up the check-in process when it comes to bags. The company announced it's rolling out electronic bag tags. Alaska Airlines says these new tags will allow travelers to skip the step of printing baggage tags. When checking in at the airport, customers will instead be able to activate these electronic bag tags through the airline's app up to 24 hours before the flight and then use a service bag drop-off station when they arrive at the airport. Their airline expects this will cut down on the time spent dropping off that luggage because that can add up on that time, especially when you're running late. They say up to 40% cut in that time and also free up those employees which are also in short supply these days the technology is being launched in phases the airline said up to 2500 alaskan frequent flyers will get to use the technology first starting late this year so pretty cool stuff there i think embracing the technology is really important when it comes to luggage because there's a lot of this is it's been done the same way forever right i'm sure there's some technological advances as far as the logistics on the airline side but for us it's been done the same way for a very long time and it's a little scary especially when you have to check that bag yeah go into a wedding you have that great dress or great tux in the bag it gets lost what do you do well there's not a lot <laughs> yeah it's definitely a um a leap of faith almost these days to put something valuable that you need in your luggage and hope that it gets to your destination. But so many great travel tips, Jonathan. I didn't even think to put a GPS tracker yeah, yeah. In, in a bag. That's incredible. And yeah, also those are so... Yeah, it's so handy, those GPS trackers, and taking the pictures is very important. And another reason why I didn't mention is a lot of credit cards, especially if an airline credit cards, read the deals or read your, like, stipulations in there. Mm -hmm. A lot of times you're covered there for lost baggage, and they can really help you out as well.
Yeah, definitely. And also, uh, it's important to know the fine print, right? To know you had mentioned that sometimes airlines will owe you money or owe you something if they lose your luggage. It's federal law. It's that is the law. They oh, are, are okay. mandated to pay you back for that less the lost luggage. Uh, it's rules. They're in place. They're there to protect you. So yes. take advantage of those. Know your rights as a traveler. Always yes. good to know. So, yeah, I didn't even know it was a law. So there you go. So, you know, I'm learning along with everyone else that's watching this. Okay, let's move on to our next topic. Okay, so the summer travel season is kind of winding down. So are there deals to be found? And how can we do that? Give us all the tips. Okay, so here's the important day to remember, Labor Day. That's going to be our last rush. It's the traditional rush every summer. That's when everyone puts in that last summer vacation, that last holiday weekend when the temperatures are still warm and nice. So many experts are predicting, and the airfares are honestly showing it, that they will drop after that summer rush. And that just makes sense because there's less travelers, and airlines have been trying to stock up on their employees and getting those routes back on track. So I found a number of airfare deals. So for our West Coast listeners, listen up if you're wanting to come to Hawaii especially. So here's what I found, and we'll We'll run through some other deals here in just a moment. As we've been reporting for weeks now, summer air travel has been riddled with flight cancellations and high prices. So here's the good news. As the calendar shifts to the traditionally slower fall travel season, there are some deals out there for travel to and from the West Coast to Hawaii in September and October. The travel website, The Points Guy, reports that fares that were previously in the $775 range for round trips from the West Coast to the Aloha State are now being offered as low as $237 for basic economy fares. I checked out to see what fares are looking like for travel from the islands. Here's what I found. Check this out from Honolulu to LAX. Get this $266 round trip on Hawaiian Airlines for travel on the dates of September 29th to October 6th. I also found from H&L to San Fran for around $375 for those same travel dates on United Airlines. Fares to Las Vegas are finally starting to drop a bit. I found this one for $328 on United from Maui. And on Southwest, a Kona to LA flight for the same September-October dates for just over 300 bucks. See, they're dropping a bit, looking good. So I looked up something for you, Victoria, here. So here are some dates. I bet you want to go to Disneyland, right? right? <laughs> of course. Maybe? Maybe. I don't know. Um, <laughs> well, so here's some dates. So you see August there. So the, the numbers are still pretty high, right, for round trip fare. This is off Google Flights. You're still in the $400 to $500 range there in early August. And so look at the end of September after Labor Day. There are flights round trip from Omaha to LAX oh for $274. The difference would make up your price for the Disneyland tickets. So, yeah, that after Labor Day time is key here. Key here. And another advice I would say, especially right now while everything's starting to regulate a little bit. So look at the hubs you fly to, right? So what airport do you usually fly out of? Do you know? Uh, Omaha. 
Omaha, you do fly. So I'm not sure what the hub is there for what airline that is a hub for, but let's say you're going to find in and out of maybe Phoenix, which has a huge United uh, presence, or um, let's say you're flying out of Hawaii, Hawaiian Airlines presence, look for your hub and the airline associated with it and see if there's any airfare wars going on with other airlines. So like here in Hawaii, there's Hawaiian Airlines and there's Southwest, and there's this huge, huge battle of routes sort of facing off for those West Coast West Coast routes. So see if that's triggering any sales, because mm. in our island here, we were seeing airfares dropping to around like $25 each way, which is a huge discount for our inner island hops, which are usually around like 49 to 75. Uh, so that's all driven sort of by competition with other airlines when they're competing for those routes. And so a lot of times when and there's a hub established and there's a new emerging airline trying to get into it, those prices will fluctuate a lot. Okay, so look for the hubs, not just the, the airport you fly out of. Look at where you're usually passing through and what airline you're on. I think um, Denver might be a hub for, I think, maybe Frontier or Southwest? Frontier, yeah. Yeah, so if Frontier is uh, the main airline there, and I think you're right, there's a lot of flights going in and out there. Just look around, look at the trades a little bit. Just Google, see if there's any new routes going into Denver from other airlines, and I bet they're being really competitive with their rates and fares. All right, well, I think, Jonathan, I think your next title on your resume is my travel agent because I'm already thinking of trips to go on with all these good tips. John, <laughs> call me anytime. Call, call me anytime. Yeah. So let's talk about the airlines. <laughs> so you, you're talking about, you know, flights, the prices are going down a little bit. So does that mean that airlines are starting to turn a profit again? Or uh, tell me more about the state of the airline industry. Yeah, big news about that coming out today. American and United Airlines both reporting their first operating profit since the start of the pandemic. They're saying strong demand for air travel and high high fares allowed the carriers to overcome rising fuel prices. So these are talking about the high fares we've seen previously over the course of the summer. American posted a record second quarter revenue of 13.4% billion dollars. That's up 12 percent from 2019 levels, despite capacity being down nearly 9 percent. United's revenue was up 6 percent compared to the same period in 2019. The capacity down there, 15 percent. So that's really impressive that they're turning a profit with capacity down. The good news for airline investors is bad news for passengers. That's because the amount we paid for flights was up in the last quarter or so compared to 2019. We've been running through all those cost spikes with inflation that we saw previously to this summer travel winding down. I, again, I'm predicting, and many experts are predicting, I'm no official expert, but post Labor Day, we will see some fares dropping even more and more. No telling what the holiday rush will look like, though. I have no crystal ball looking at that. So if you see a good airfare for your Thanksgiving or Christmas travel, look now. And if it looks good, book it. Maybe get a refundable ticket that you can do no change fees if you see something better. But book now. It's always safer. And then change later. Yeah. Fall trips. Those are the best kind fall and holiday trips. Well, so talking about airlines, what yeah. are the biggest trouble spots that we're seeing these days? 
All right, so this is another story I saw on CNN. So we'll run through what we're hearing about those trouble spots. So we've heard about those delays, cancellations. So here's their list they came up that seemed to be the worst than others. This is using FlightAware analysis to show that New York area airports are leading the nation for flight cancellations with Newark and LaGuardia topping the list. I was just in Newark. It was a madhouse. It, I luckily I had no delays or any cancellations with my flight, but it was packed, packed, packed. Nearly 8% of Newark flights were canceled. I think this is coming from data from in recent weeks. The Guardia, it was nearly 7.5% of cancellations and Reagan National Airport with nearly 5.5%. Chicago Midway, Orlando International, and JFK International had the most delays this summer. Airlines blame the problems on government for not having enough air traffic controllers. And, you know, the feds say that's not the case. And they're really coming after the airlines and saying you got to do better. All right. And if those trouble spots are kind of scaring people away from air travel, cruise ships are uh, becoming a thing again. Uh, let's talk about some cruise ship changes. Yeah, there's some changes there. And to explain that, why don't I take you live outside to Honolulu Harbor? No cruise ships there right now, but this is where they typically dock. There might actually be one in the sort of center, right? I can't tell if that's a roof or not, but that's usually where they dock here in the island of Oahu. So here's the news regarding cruise ship. The CDC says it has ended COVID-19 programs for cruise ships. The CDC says the change went into effect on Monday. Earlier this year, the agency uh, transitioned to a voluntary program for COVID-19 protocols. It allowed companies to opt in and agree to follow its recommendations for testings and vaccines. But now all cruise lines will be able to manage their own policies. The CDC warns that cruising still poses a risk of transmission. Remember at the beginning of the pandemic, all those cruise ship horror stories we heard mm -hmm. about? So keep that in mind. There's still a big risk there because you're in close quarters and stuff. So if you're high risk for COVID, you might want to consider another option there. So you, you can look up for all those CDC cruise ship guidelines at the CDC's website, mm -hmm. of course. And always check out your cruise ship's website to see what their rules are. Also, another cruise ships are a fun option, but I know here they're dealing with staffing shortages even on cruise ships as well, and they've had to cancel some cruises. Oh, interesting. I've honestly been a little bit wary about uh, cruise ships since I've heard about all of the issues that they had in 2020 and 2021. So that is um, some interesting things to keep in mind when you're booking your cruises. All right, what about uh, Canada? If you're planning on going north to go on a little fall trip, any changes? going up to Canada? Yeah, big changes there regarding COVID rules as well to our neighbors to the north. This all went into effect on Tuesday of this week. International trips through the country's major airports, we're talking like Vancouver, Calgary, Montreal, and Toronto, they're now going to select for random random COVID-19 testing. Again, that started on Tuesday. They did this previously, but they're bringing it back because of recent concerns. They ended it previously on June 11th. And again, it started again this week. So this new round of testing will be done off-site rather than in-person appointments, I'm told, by a testing provider. So travelers will be notified by an email within 15 minutes of going through customs there in Canada at those major airports 
both vaccinated and unvaccinated travelers could be selected for the test. So that could be a big pain if you get selected as one of those random tests. And if you don't show up, I'm not really sure what the consequences are or how they even enforce it, but I'm sure there's a big fine or some sort of consequence attached to it if you don't go and show up for that random test. They're going to have to take time out of your vacation to go do, and you're only going to be alerted to it 15 minutes after you just got off that flight, you made it through customs, and then ping, your email says you have to go take a random test. Yikes. Wow, no, yeah. No fun. No fun. Yeah. And then speaking of other, yeah, yeah, well, I was just going to say, speaking of other international travel, I just got back from Italy. Awesome time to go to Italy, other than the heat. Uh, the cool thing about Italy right now, other than the crowds, there's a lot of Americans, keep this in mind, a lot of Americans traveling to Europe, taking advantage of the dollar to euro uh, conversion because it's actually equal. Euro always used to be higher than the dollar for years and years and years. Now they're basically one for one. So it's a big discount compared to past years for American travelers going to Europe. That's where you're going to see a lot more Euro travel in the weeks and months to come, still going strong. But again, the problem there right now is the extreme heat. I was in Rome. It really was not so fun to travel around the Colosseum in the dead heat and no shade. There's no awning on the Colosseum and in the blazing sun. And once you're inside a lot of attractions like that, especially the historic ones, there's not a lot of like bathrooms or water stations. So mm. be prepared for that kind of stuff. Yeah, I wasn't. <laughs> I, sh I should have asked you to have pictures prepared for this segment. That would have been really cool to see. But uh, OK, so I'm going to put you on the spot here. What's your number one travel tip you learned while you were in Italy and and over in Europe? Oh. OK, I have a good one. One bad thing happened to me and I actually met people who had bags lost for four days and had heard oh, nothing cool. from the airline and couldn't get a hold of anyone using some of the European travelers uh using some of the European airlines I should say they'd gone like four days and were just living out of pocket with their Ooh. stuff I met a lot of people who went to the airport three I met one group of people who went to the airport three days in a row because their flights had been canceled twice previous. Luckily for me, I had nothing like that happen. But one very, very interesting thing that happened to me, and I didn't realize this for international travel, a lot of, you know how we're living in a QR code world these days? Mm -hmm. So it's probably a better idea when you're returning to the country uh, to not use the QR code. Get the printed pass, because some airlines actually require that for international travelers going through transit. I didn't know that. Like Air Canada and Air Brussels both wanted you to have the printed out one. I showed up to the gate. They're like, oh, you have to have it printed out. Luckily, they did it for me there, but there was a whole line of other people who didn't know that either, at least for that airline, and it actually delayed the flight like 10 minutes because so many wow. people didn't know. So it might be a new policy there. That would be the tip I learned from the trip. Also, never drive in Italy. I didn't, and I would give that advice, at least in the major cities. It was so congested and crazy. I would never rent a car there. That's just me personally. A lot of people would have so much fun renting, like, a little Porsche or some sort of car to whip around the Amalfi Coast or something. I would never be that bold. I could not <laughs> do that. No thanks. Yeah, I would be scared, too, driving a foreign country with all the congestion. Well, great tips, especially the QR code tip. Uh, we definitely appreciate it.
Uh, I want to show this graphic you sent me while I explain a little bit more about this segment. So Jonathan is a great friend of ours here at Local News Live, and he will start doing regular segments. It's called Unraveling Your Traveling, and we'll expect to see them more frequently. And as you have heard, if you've been watching the segment, he has incredible tips. I mean, stuff that I've never even thought of. So uh, Jonathan, any sneak peek into uh, what these, this segment will entail in the future? Uh, what are we working on next? We'll probably do a little bit more on Euro travel because I was just there and I have a few more advice that we're going to work through on that. And then we're going to build out a page that should be coming in the next week or so on our website, hawaiinewsnow.com or on our app. It'd be called Unraveling Your Traveling. We're going to list out all the stories we've done in the past. We've already done some really fun ones, including on baggy packing tips. I learned how to fold clothes like origami it was so fun <laughs> i learned some really fun tips on how to pack a bag that was my favorite story we've done so far yeah okay i need to learn that so i'm looking forward to that well again everyone thank you so much for your time time jonathan you've been very generous with your time again jonathan Sapi from hawaii news now khnl K kgmb we appreciate you sharing all of your travel tips